One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to Passion and the Plague, a podcast from The Independent where we take you back to a lockdown long ago. It's 1348. As the Black Death sweeps across Europe, a group of friends flee the Italian city of Florence to quarantine the countryside. They tell each other stories to keep themselves entertained, and the idea of Giovanni Boccaccio's Decameron, one of Europe's great literary achievements, is born. In this series, you'll hear 10 stories from the book read by people in self-isolation across the country as we tackle the 21st century version of the plague. Today's episode is Peronella. Enjoy. On the previous evening, Emilio had been appointed king for the ninth day of storytelling. His thoughts on the subject had been fairly simple. And just as oxen, which have grown used to being led by the nose, are left to roam free in the woods, or when their work is finished. So he would not impose a theme on the next day's stories. When the light of dawn had already turned the deep blue of heaven to a paler shade, and the meadow flowers turned their sleepy faces to the sun, to allow his companions to taste that freedom, Emilio led them out of the garden and down a narrow pathway to a broad wood, filled with all kinds of trees, forming a fresh canopy over their heads. As if the absence of people had given them new courage, the wood was filled with wild animals of every kind. Roebucks, stags, and woodcock wandered freely. Rabbits and hares played amongst the tree trunks. The larger animals quite tamely stood their ground when they were approached, as if they knew no hunter would be nearby because of the plague. The ladies were keen to pet these wild creatures, but when they came too near, the bucks and hinds would take off into the wood, then stopped to turn and stare at the intruders. This became a game, as our friends chased the animals here and there, laughing merrily. When they had tired themselves, they returned to the house, wearing crowns of oak and carrying fragrant herbs and flowers in their arms. If anyone had met them, they might have thought, either death means nothing to these people, or they'd welcome it with joy. In the afternoon, once they'd gathered around the fountain, Emilio chose Fiametta to tell her story. Not so long ago, it happened in Naples that a poor man took as his wife a lively and beautiful girl, whose name was Peronella. Through his trade as a bricklayer, he earned a small amount of money. But with what she got from spinning wool and selling it in the market, they just about scraped by. One day... As she was selling all the brightly coloured wools from a small basket, Peronella caught the eye of a cheeky youth, 
quite a fine young gentleman, it so happened. He thought she was the prettiest girl he'd seen, or so he told her, and, running the fingers of his hand through her basket of wool, he happened to catch hers and said he wouldn't let it go until she told him she loved him. So great was his charm and powers of persuasion, Peronella was soon swept off her feet. So they could be together, they thought up a stratagem on how to deal with Peronella's husband. The good man would get up early in the morning to go out to work on a building site or to go looking for a job down by the seafront. The youth would hide in the street nearby until he saw the husband leaving the house. Now, I should have said that the area where they lived, called Avorio, was a very out-of-the-way sort of place in those days, not remotely fashionable, and the husband would have to walk a long way to and from his various jobs. But as soon as he'd left the house, Peronella's lover would knock on the door and be let in. And so they met and enjoyed each other in this way for some time, almost daily. But one particular morning, shortly after the bricklayer had left the house and Gianello, for this was the lusty young man's name, had been let in by Peronella, her husband, who should have been away for the whole day, came home unexpectedly. He was surprised to find the door locked on the inside. So he knocked and thought to himself, well, I never. God made me poor, but at least he gave me a good, chaste girl for a wife. If she hasn't gone and locked the door as I've left, so no one can come in off the street and give her what for. Now, Peronella, who'd locked the door for entirely different reasons, knew perfectly well who was knocking. Her husband had a particular way of tap-tapping, as if he were asking to be admitted to the confessional. Oh, fuck! Janello, my love! I'm in for it now! That's my husband! Fuck him! For some reason, he's come home early. I've never known him to be here this early. Maybe he looked back and saw you sneaking in. Whatever the reason, for God's sake, do us both a favour and hide in that big wine vat over there while I go down and find out why he's here. Perhaps I can send him away again. Janello did what he was told, climbing into the tub, while Peronella went down the narrow stairs and unlocked the door. Pulling a long face, she said rather crossly, What are you playing at, coming home this early? You nearly frightened the life out of me. And you've got your tools with you. Have you decided to take the day off? Are we so rich that you can afford a day's holiday? What do you suppose we'll live on? How are we to buy food, if you can't be bothered to work? Do you think I'll let you pawn my best dress and other nice things? Jesus, here I am, stuck in this horrid little house, working my fingers to the bone morning to night, spinning wool, just so we have enough oil to light the lamps of an evening. People warn me about you, you know. Everyone laughs at me, slaving away, while you dawdle about the city doing fuck all, when you ought to be out earning an honest crust. And she burst expertly into tears. Then began again, in much the same way as before. What have I done to deserve you? I could have had my pick of nice, hard-working young men and don't think I didn't have any offers, but I turned them all down to marry you, a lazy good-for-nothing who doesn't know a decent God-fearing wife when she slaps him in the face. All the other wives around here are off with their fancy men, right under their husbands' noses, but poor me, just because I'm a good girl and wouldn't ever do such a disreputable thing, I have all the bad luck. Why I don't take a dozen lovers, I don't know. I'd soon find someone. 
I've had plenty of offers, you know, even big money just to do it with them. Good-looking young fellas too. But my mother didn't bring me up that way. And what do I get in return? A layabout who comes slinking back home rather than do a day's work. Oh, for God's sake, woman, said her husband. Give over, will you? I know how virtuous you are. I've seen the evidence of it just now. But what you don't know, and neither did I until I turned up at work, is that today is the feast of San Galeone, and everyone's on holiday. That's why I came home. He paused for breath, then went on, glancing at another man who happened to be standing by the doorstep with him, but whom Peronella hadn't yet seen. As it happens, I've made sure we'll have enough money to last us a month. You know that old tub on the landing? Well, I've sold it to this gentleman for five silver pieces. Peronella looked at the other man, then, folding her arms, went on. Well, that's all very fine and dandy. I thought you might at least know the value of things, husband dear. So you think you've done a good deal. So you've sold the old tub for five silver pieces, have you, when I... A mere woman who knows nothing and barely pokes her nose out the door for five minutes have managed to sell it to a very nice young gentleman for seven. He's upstairs now inspecting it inside and out. Her husband was very pleased with this bit of news. So, turning to his companion, he said, Off you go then. You thought you had a bargain, but it seems my wife is the bargain hunter. Have it your way, said the other man and set off down the street. Peronella said to her husband, As you're here, you might as well finish the business I started. Gianello had been listening to all this just in case he had to make a quick getaway. And hearing what Peronella had said, he jumped out of the tub and, casual as you like, called down to them. I say, are you still there, madam? Her husband, who was coming up the stairs already, said, Here I am, how can I help? Who the hell are you? said Gianello. I thought it was the woman who was selling me this tub. Not to worry, replied the good bricklayer. I'm her husband. You can speak to me now. Well, said Gianello, the tub seems to be sound enough, but you've never cleaned out the lees from the wine. It's filthy, coated in the stuff. I've been trying to scratch it off with my nails, but haven't made much headway. I'll only take it if it's cleaned first. Peronella had joined them by now and said, A bargain's a bargain. My husband will clean it out for you. Certainly, said the good man. He'd put down his tools and now rolled up his sleeves, calling for a lamp and something with which to scrape off the wine lees. Then he lowered himself into the tub and began scraping away. Peronella, as if she wanted to make sure he was doing a proper job, leaned over the rim of the tub, which was narrower than the body, and resting her head on her arms, she watched what he was doing. Gianello, meanwhile, who'd been rudely interrupted in his morning's pleasure, sidled up behind her, lifted her skirts, and, as though he were a wild stallion mounting a mare, popped in from behind. Peronella kept up a busy stream of instructions, as if to the both of them. Give it a good rub there. Oh, that's it, right there good and hard, and see if you can't get it in right and deep, a, a bit to the left, just a bit, mind. Oh, yes, that's it. You're doing a lovely job there. Just as Janello reached the climax of his pleasure, 
Peronella's husband finished the cleaning of the tub. Her lover staggered back, pulling up his breeches, just as the bricklayer emerged from the tub. Then Peronella said to Gianello, Take this lamp, my good man, and see what a good job my husband has done for you there. Gianello peered inside and said he was perfectly satisfied. Couldn't be better, in fact. So he handed over seven silver pieces to Peronella's husband and got him to carry the tub around to his house, whistling all the way a merry tune. This episode of Passion and the Plague was narrated by me, Kevin Childs. And the storyteller, Fiametta, was played by Jill Meager. Subscribe to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you listen so you'll never miss an episode. If you've enjoyed this story and want to read more from the Decameron, there's a link in the description to buy the book. Thank you for listening.